Now hear the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Interesting, isn't it? We read John 1, 1 through whatever, every year at Christmas time. You ever stop to wonder why? Why do we read John? Because it sounds good and very poetical. John does something that gets our attention. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. But where did you see this before? Now, I think you saw it in Genesis. And God spoke. His Spirit went across the void, and the world was coming into being through God. Christ is eternal. He's pre-existent. He became flesh. Became as creation. Now stop and think about that. Jesus entered into the world as part of creation. And yet at the same time, he was fully God. 
right off the bat, that messes up our thinking. Because we cannot conceive of both and. It has to be either or, not both and. So right off the bat, we're wondering what's going on. So we have a mystery. And the mystery is, why would John want to emphasize Genesis all over again? Part of that mystery is because it's true. The other part is, he's making known that the light of the world, the redemption of the world, has come. So what? We read this, so what? Uh, I got off onto a, a far too much. Uh, we need to look at this, this question, so what? We read this every year during the Christmas service, Christmas Eve, we read it on Christmas Day, we read it all the time, but do you begin to make connections? The connection that John is saying, the God who made the world is the God who came into the world as the light. And the question is, eh, okay, what's that got to do with me? That sounds very selfish and self-arrogant and that, but it's not. It's, it's a question that every one of us asks in some form or another when we're confronted with something either poetical or prose that's beautiful or a quest, you know, some kind of statement. Every one of us will ask the question in some form, so what? What does it mean to me? Why is it important in my life? Well, I just set it up. So what? Okay, when I look at it, what does it mean for me? It means that I am not the creator of the world. Now, that may be a shock to some folks who think they are the creators of the world, but I'm not, and I hate to break it to you, but neither are you. Yeah, I know that's a disappointment, but that's the truth. I cannot create anything. This reminds me that I cannot create anything. But I can celebrate the creation itself all the time. From the beginning through the incarnation. Through the fact that God became part of his creation in order to redeem it. He has been trying to get us back on track ever since Adam and Eve couldn't figure out whether they needed a, a, a fig leaf or a sycamore leaf. They, you know, they couldn't figure it out. He kicked them out of the garden and said, now you guys figure this out. I'm going to make sure that everything's okay, but you know, you goofed up, so you're going to have to work for it for a while. 
And as we read on with the story, we find out that God came to the people of Israel so that they might become a light to the world. But what happened with that? They hid their light under a basket, which means they went off by themselves. I've got the secret. You don't have the secret. You can't be in my club. Now, we still have clubs like that operating. You know, if you don't think the way I think, you can't be here. But that's not what was said. If you want grace and mercy, look at what the gospel says. And the light came into the world. Now, unfortunately, the world didn't recognize the light when he came. It took a while. About 33 years or so. And it was after the fact, which is really rough. When I look at this and I, I am reminded that I don't have to be weighed down with the burdens that society wants to put on me. I don't have to be weighed down with the burdens of guilt pride, arrogance, self-sufficiency, that if I understand correctly, I already have a gift of grace and mercy in the light of the world, and the light of the world being Jesus Christ. But how do I find this light? How do I find the light of the world? Is there a union that I can go to, or a special club? Can I turn in the yellow pages of the phone book and look down under guides and see if there's a guide for, for the guiding light? Or, you know, like a caddy, can I rent one for three or four hours? You know, uh, sometimes we want to rent a priest for an hour on Sunday, hour and a half if he gets long-winded, and most of them do. Um, of course, I'm the exception. <laughs> but where do you find the light? Where do you look? Well, one of the first places you look is in this archaic compilation of books called the Bible. Now, that has how to find the light. But do me a favor, don't start at the beginning. Don't start at the end. Start with something simple. Mark is short. Mark's easy to understand. Read Mark. And you go, well, maybe there's more to this than meets the eye. Well, then maybe you want to look at Luke. And you go, oh, well, okay. Luke's got a point, but how did all this come together? And then you look at Matthew, and you go, oh, okay. And the picture begins to fill in. But you still haven't asked the, answered the question is, how do I find this light, this Jesus that's in the world, this God that's incarnate that's going to make me an heir 
of God's kingdom. How do I find that light? I have looked under bushels. I've looked in sacks. I've looked in closets. I've looked under the car. I've looked everywhere, including into the flashlight. Uh, how do you find that? Okay, so I've read Mark. What do I do next? Well, why don't you find somebody to talk to about Mark? Here's where I would say find a trusted soul. Pastor, a priest, a rabbi, somebody who knows the light. And you know they know it because they live their life differently. Just different. They walk around outside and it, it may be raining and, and hailstones and they're not perturbed. What's wrong with those people? Or there's a mob going on downtown and they don't want to be a part, they're not a part of it, they just walk away from it. They're not worried about it, why? Why are you not worried? Better yet, our federal government. Are you pulling your hair out from the news? If you've got any hair left after the news? Well, where's the light in the world? What does it mean? If I have the light of the world, then I don't have to worry about what man thinks he's doing. Man didn't create the world. Politicians didn't create the world. Hucksters didn't create the world. God did. So when we read these things uh, during Christmas time, we're reminded a connection from the very beginning that God spoke and things happened. And the light came into the world and things happened. Now it's interesting that the Jews who hid their light under a basket now have to come out and share that light because they recognize that the light that they have been given is Jesus Christ. And he's the one that's going to reach down and allow you to walk in the rain with peace of mind, to walk out of the mob of chaos into order, to walk away from the arrogance. Oh, I, I qualify on this one so bad, I did this and I did that and I did this, I'm going to tell you, I didn't do anything. I didn't create the opportunity. I didn't make the way open. I didn't, with all my great mental prowess, I didn't do anything. The light of the world did it. And I got to participate with it. Once I give up me, wanting to be me, wanting to be the center of the earth, I found joy, I found freedom, I found grace. You know those times when you can't forgive yourself? I won't tell you. The light of the world says yes you can and yes you will. Because if, if you don't forgive yourself, how are you going to forgive somebody else? So Jesus confronts me on that. Actually, he says, who are you 
to say that you can't be forgiven? And the answer is, nobody. I began sounding like Job. Oh, that I should have never been born. Do you know the worries I have, the, the problems I'm having? And then God says to Job, little man, who put the stars in the heavens? And who made the earth that you walk upon? And, and who made the food that you eat? And Job goes, oh, arrogance died. Grace and mercy were born in Job. He didn't hate his friends who said, you sinned, you know you sinned. Just go ahead and admit you sinned. You're a lousy sinner, and that's all there is to it, and God's going to strike you because of that. Now, don't you know that the Roadrunner and the Coyote are the cartoons to watch? Not those others. SpongeBob. We won't go there on that, thankfully. It's a joy to find Christ, to find the light in your world, because then you find mercy and grace. Mercy to forgive those who have hurt you, who are still intentionally trying to hurt you, who lie about you, Unfortunately, that's all around us. But John says the light of the world came into being, so you don't have to be like that anymore. Okay. Now, what's the next step? Well, I guess the, the, the final step for the beginning of this, the next stage is accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your heart. I know you all hear the Baptist and, and they, they count heads. But it's not up to me to count heads who, who accepts Christ and who doesn't. It's, my job is to present him. That's it. So I'm presenting Christ to you today. If you would like to live without the burden of arrogance, without the burden of greed, without the burden of pride getting in the way, if you would like to live in a manner that people look at you and say, hey, what is it that you have that I don't? Because I want it. And I'm going to tell you, it's the light of the world that you have. You have Jesus Christ in your heart and your mind. And he is your Lord and Savior. Very simple. And you can accept him anywhere, at any time, under any conditions. And you don't have to have a specialized prayer. You don't have to have four or five sheets of typewritten notes. You don't have to have anything of that. It's when you get tired of being in charge, you say, okay, Lord, I give up. I quit. My life is yours. Show me. Ah, now the journey begins. The freedom begins. The joy begins. Because where you were burdened before, you say, I'm not responsible for governing the world. I will do what I'm supposed to do. But I'm not responsible for making decisions in Russia. It's not my job. My job is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
That's what I'm doing. So when John says, the light of the world has come, but he wasn't recognized, then God said, John, who was a marvelous example of gentleman attire with animal fur and eating locusts. And last person in the world you'd think he'd be there to bear But he came to bear witness to something that was greater than himself. And it's important to remember that Christ is greater than you are. He's greater than my desire to manipulate, greater than my desire to have, greater than my desire of what if I would have. What if I would have? No. I ran into Christ in a shocking manner for me, and I go, whoa. Some of you have heard this. We just disembarked from the ship on the way to Hawaii, and Vietnam broke over. And we were told, don't unpack your sea bags, you're going to Vietnam. So we went into a barracks and we lived out of our sea bags for a couple of weeks before they decided how everything was going to go. In those two weeks, I was in the barracks in between times. I was reading, I wasn't asleep. There wasn't anybody else in the barracks. And I'm reading, I'm reading the Bible because I'm really searching. I don't know what's going on. And I know that I don't want to feel helpless. So I'm reading. I close the book and then suddenly I hear something totally different. He said, I'm yours, Ed. You're mine. Just like that, he says, you're mine. Now I want to think of the Bill Cosby thing. You know, who are you? But it was clear. It wasn't somebody else in the barracks. I wasn't asleep and dreaming. It was the one time in which I actually audibly heard the voice of God speak to me. And he says, I want you. So I did what any smart person would do. I went out in town and sought the local wise man, the pastor of the church. And his advice to me came back and I followed it. And I suggest this advice many times when somebody says, well, I want to go into the ministry. Run away. Run away. Try to do something else. Try a different route. And if it really is God's call, you won't get very far. Now, I'm, I was good. I, yeah, it took me six years. I ran away. And then, after running away for six years, all of a sudden, I'm sitting there amazed at what God is doing next. I find myself talking with the dean of students at the seminary. I find myself talking, putting my house up for sale. I find myself 
needing an apartment because Julie was with David and Ed was five um, and they had us in a little apartment about the size of this row of pews. And we said, okay, we'll go. You've got to make the way, Lord. You, you got, you've heard this time and time again in the Bible. I'll go, but you've got to provide the way. I, I don't know how to do it myself. And that's just what we said. And they went from this square footage to this square footage was the final acceptance. And they even had the job to supplement the VA payments for education. So I got out of seminary without owing money, which anybody who goes to school beyond college, or even to college, you know, getting out of school without owing money is unusual. But I wasn't bright enough at that point in time to see that God did it. And what I want for you is to see that God does things in your life for your benefit and for the benefit of the community of believers. Because you didn't do anything. I think I've said that pretty clear by now. You think so? Yeah, Robson, yeah, that's long enough. I agree. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, for the joy of the light that you brought into the world, we give you thanks time and time again. Open our hearts and minds to your light, Lord, and let us delight in your Son, Jesus. And may we be a light to the world also that is not hidden from the sight of the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.